I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. This presidential election is going to be President Trump versus President Biden. I've endorsed President Trump. When the media asks me why, I tell them it's not a choice between a Republican and a Democrat. It's a choice between hope and more hurt. And with President Biden, all we're going to get is more hurt. Starting with the cost of going to the grocery store, continuing on with crime in the streets, uh, uh, the, 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 the open bleeding wound at the border, the fact that our enemies no longer respect us, uh, the sacrifice of our energy independence. I, I mean, it's been a, just a conga line of failures. A conga line of failures. Louisiana Senator John Kennedy on why Biden should not be returned to office now, you may not like Trump. Let's let's be very clear here. I know some of you are not full Trump supporters. That's okay. But do you want to continue down the road we're on now, the things you just heard him point out economically for you and your family? I'll get into it in more detail in a moment. The open wound at the border and how it is causing havoc and chaos and threats all across the nation. We can't really go back to the Barney Fife days in Mayberry. We just can't. Love to, but we can't in this day and age. But we can also avoid going deeper into the abyss. If you recall when it was Trump against Hillary, first Trump had to get through, what, 15, 16 other GOP candidates to win the primary including Cruz and Rubio and some others that I did like. In fact, I had several of them ahead of Trump. Trump was one of my last choices. But then when he became the victor, it was between him and Hillary, I said to the audience, and I repeat it again, I don't want Hillary Benghazi Clinton running the country nor having the authority to appoint judges at the federal level and maybe Supreme Court justices because Ruth Bader Ginsburg was probably going to resign as soon as Hillary got sworn in and let her replace her with someone else. But then when Hillary didn't win and Obama could not get Ruth Bader to move aside before the election just in case, well, she held on until she couldn't and she passed. I give Ruth Bader Ginsburg all kinds of credit for what she achieved and everything else. But I didn't want another justice on the court that would see in the Constitution, words that aren't there, that grant the right to an abortion as endorsed by the Constitution. And by God's providence, let me stress that again, by God's providence, Trump ends up beating Hillary. Despite all the dirty trick campaigns and everything else, and then how they continued to go after him all four years he's in office. Starting the very night he was elected, there was no honeymoon for a newly elected president this time around. 
They had the knives out, and they were going after him. But by God's providence, he was elected, and he was there to appoint not only Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement, but two other openings on the U.S. Supreme Court. And they were all sitting on that court when Roe v. Wade came back up again. And they knew what the Constitution said and what it didn't. And abortion was not going to be law of the land, nor should it be. They sent it back to the states, which is exactly what Ruth Bader Ginsburg had argued, and she wasn't even on the court when Roe v. Wade was decided. She said those justices of the court overstepped their bounds at that point. So when it comes down between Donald Trump and Biden, or a Biden mock-up, whatever they end up putting in front of you, don't buy it. You just heard Kennedy point out all the things are going to be wrong. All right, thanks for joining us. Here we are, Feb 27, 2024, the second hour of Larry Connors USA. We air Monday through Friday for you, back-to-back. And, of course, when we're on the air, we're also streaming video, News Talk, STL, Rumble, Twitter, Facebook, Larry Connors, USA, Rumble, Twitter, Facebook. And if you miss any, be it audio and or video, you can always go to LarryConnorsUSA.com or you can go to Larry Connors USA Facebook, pull it up, and watch or listen at your pleasure. And I encourage you then also to push the button that shares with others. We are facing a very critical election. I thought, seriously, I thought 2016 was going to be the election that would shape our country. And it was. And then we saw 2020, how the country was reshaped with the very questionable, questionable activities taking place. A lot of mail-in ballots. Of course, we're in the midst of COVID. Folks were too afraid to go vote. They could still go out and go shop, but they didn't want to go vote. So this election now is even more critical than what we faced in 2016. And when it comes to economics, I want you to hear and listen again to Louisiana Senator John Kennedy and Bidenomics in your life. I did not think that President Obama was a a very good president, but... uh... Compared to President uh, Biden, President Obama just shoplifted. Uh, President Biden stole the whole bank. President Biden's inflation not only hurts people, but it hurts businesses. Um, shrinkflation exists when a business has to needs to raise its prices because its costs have gone up as a result of inflation. But it's scared to raise its prices because it's scared people won't buy its product. So it saves money by making a smaller product. Um, Unless you were were homeschooled by a day drinker, you can see that shrinkflation and inflation are just different sides of the same coin. And he's exactly right. Let me share this from you from from the Heritage Foundation, E.J. Antoni, pointing out that the price increase of essential food items since January 2021 Poultry, dairy, bread, and eggs, among others, have increased more than 20%. You probably know that, obviously. Now, granted, if you're getting a cart that says a dozen eggs and there's an egg missing, well, that's the only way they can shrink that package. 
but they're looking for ways that they can still sell and remain competitive with others and have money that they're supposed to have as profit for the company after paying employees and everything. Biden is blaming all the rising food prices on corporate greed and shrinkflation. The fact is, it's his fault that we're spending more on food. And, of course, the inflation rate growing at its fastest pace in four decades. But they don't count it that way because they always take out core factors when they look at inflation on the Biden side. We're going to take out things like food and energy, fuel, gas. Well, yeah, you take those out, we're a lot better off. But who do you know is living without food or fuel of energy of some type? Anyone, anybody? Anybody? I don't think so. Once again, Senator Kennedy. Any economist, any reputable economist who didn't get his degree from Costco will tell you that President Biden's economic policies caused both inflation and shrinkflation. Now, I, I don't I don't hate anyone, and that includes President Biden. But when he tries to blame shrinkflation and inflation on small business people, you have to to consider the source. Um, so, so much of the attention right now is on President Biden's age. And it's true that it takes longer than a trip to Jupiter uh, for him to walk across the stage. But we can't lose sight of the fact that his economic policies have been almost every time reliably and dependably wrong. And his inflation is a cancer on the American dream. Now that is a fact. Now, yes, Biden can get across the stage faster than going to Jupiter. A little tongue-in-cheek there from Senator Kennedy. He's very good at that. But the facts are the facts. I'm looking at a piece here that states, in 1975, food spending comprised about a third of the South Koreans' household income. A third. In 2014, in South Korea, that number was reduced to about 13%. Big deal, right? And since the U.S. has been one of the wealthiest nations of the world for decades, Americans have always spent the lowest fraction of their income on food in the world. Food expenditure for that 2014 where South Korean is at 13%. Food expenditure for Americans out of their income was only 6.5%. And now the Wall Street Journal pointing out, we're at the highest level than we've been in 30 years. It eats up more than 11% of your income to buy food. And we're not even talking about fuel yet, are we? Listen, the 2024 presidential battle should be focusing on these kinds of issues, policies, not Biden's age, his ability. Granted, that's to be considered, but prime issues Economics and, of course, our open border policy, which would help our national security, your family security, because we're all in harm's way with it open. Those should be that important. Why? Well, here's Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. 
President Biden wants an open border. He caused this problem. Uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, President Trump, under existing law, was able to secure the border, and then President Biden used that exact same authority, opened it back up. So President Biden could have had a Ukraine aid package, an Israel aid package, a Taiwan aid package. All he needed to do was agree to secure the border. We, we didn't ask for an immigration bill that uh, made matters worse. All we asked for was an enforcement mechanism to use the leverage of Ukraine funding to actually force this president to use the authority he has to secure the border. So it's there for the taking. Uh, I said at the start of this whole process is we would be doing the president a huge political favor if we forced him to secure the border. Unfortunately, uh, Leader McConnell entered secret negotiations and basically gave, gave Democrats political cover, not a, didn't give America a secure border. And I'm so glad Senator Johnson called out Mitch McConnell for helping give Biden cover. And Johnson's right. If we had been able to get him to accept just a border bill without all the strings tied to Ukraine money and everything else and actually use the money to shut the border down, it would have made him look really great. He has plans to do that anyway, but not until the timing is right. Which, by the way, a new Gallup poll is out, and this... For 40 years, for 40 years, Gallup has been tracking the immigration issue. And for the first time, they find a record high number of Americans believe illegal immigration is a critical threat to our nation's vital interest. And voters are clearly blaming Joe Biden and his band of leftists for the invasion we've been suffering over the last three years. This survey conducted... uh, from Feb 1 through the 20th, shows 55% of U.S. respondents believe large numbers of immigrants enter the U.S. illegally, and that is a critical threat. That's up eight points from last year. And as I said, it's the highest they've ever seen in 40 years of watching all of this. And Ted Cruz of Texas says the chaos is in Biden's corner. Every day, the Biden body bags are building up and more and more people are dying, more and more children are being brutalized, more and more women are being sexually assaulted. And, and, and I got to say, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, the Democrats in office, they do not care. This is deliberate. You know, look, you talk about Lake and Riley, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student in Georgia murdered. And I'm here to tell you right now that is the direct result of policy and political decisions by Joe Biden and by Democrats. Yes, it is. And yet Biden wants you to believe that the GOP is responsible because it did not pass his border package. Molly Hemingway, the Federalist, said that was that was a scam. The fact that Joe Biden loved that Senate border bill tells you really everything you need to know about it. No, you know, you did not see support coming from people who really want to secure the border, who do not want to codify into law all of the things that President Biden did through his executive actions. And of course, even he's admitting now that he, or, you know, he said that he couldn't do anything when they were discussing that Senate border bill, which wasn't really a border bill. It was really a Ukraine funding bill. Uh, and now he's admitting that there are all sorts of executive actions he can take. But this is a this is an issue that is of prime importance to a lot of voters, both Republican and Democrat, and he really has kind of sealed his fate with the years of actions that he's taken to keep that border open. Yeah, it's all on his back. And again, go back to that Gallup poll. 
Some other takeaways from Gallup state significantly more Americans name immigration as the most important problem facing the U.S., 28%, than they did a month ago, 20%. Immigration has now passed the government as the most cited problem after the two issues tied for the top position the past two months. Now, immigration as a whole is a big package that needs to be dealt with. But illegal crossers can be stopped immediately. Yet Joe Biden insists, I don't have the authority. And they're hoping that, they're hoping that the voters will understand the chaos you're seeing belongs to the Republicans. Senator Ted Cruz says, no, 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 no. I don't think it's going to work at all. No, nobody who has a, 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 an IQ above room temperature is going to believe the Democrats' latest blame that, oh, the border crisis is Republicans' fault. Look, remember, when Joe Biden became president, he inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Joe Biden and the Democrats deliberately broke this system. They caused the highest rate of illegal immigration in history. And I'm here to tell you when Donald Trump is reelected, and I believe he's going to be reelected in November, When he comes back into office in January, we're going to see the numbers plummet again, because what it takes is a president willing to enforce the law. A president simply willing to enforce the law. Donald Trump announced the other day he's going to be at Eagle Pass on the border this Thursday. And suddenly last night, the White House announced, oh, Joe Biden's going to the border, too. He's going to be down in Brownsville. And they also said he is considering sweeping executive action to restrict migrants' ability to seek asylum at the U.S. southern border if they cross illegally. Really? Now? And if you have that, why don't you put it in place now? No, no, he wants to hold it off and present it as a big deal for his State of the Union address coming in March. How many more will die in that meantime? The death of a 24-year-old Georgia nursing student, obviously being blamed on an illegal, currently is just a suspect. But before this hour is over, we're going to go back in history, and I'm going to focus on a national case 10 years ago that should have been a clear warning about what was to happen if we continue pushing sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, a full sanctuary policy, and even the blue cities and states are recognizing, yeah, that was a bad, bad decision. And that doesn't even count the number of dead in their cities and states. But we're going to go back 10 years ago and revisit that case. It should have sounded the alarm, but the leftists ignored it and wanted you to look away. And if you spoke out, that shut you down. Coming up next, Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith with the National Police Association on illegals and crimes. Lock and load, ready on the right. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Question, do you know what vermiculite is? It is an insulation in the attics of hundreds of thousands of homes and public buildings. Looks like kitty litter, but often contains asbestos. Wellington Environmental is the largest company in the Midwest that can remove that hazard for you. Wellington has what is called the General, a powerful industrial vacuum that can suck vermiculite out of the attic. Hang hang on, there's something else you should know. Many of you might qualify for up to a $4,000 rebate. You should at least contact Wellington to see if you qualify. And here's something else. Wellington arrives at the time they give you, not sometime within four hours. 314-644-4930. 
6444930 wellingtonstl.com wellingtonstl.com wellington environmental your world cleaner better safer be well with wellington Talk radio made in St. Louis. Very exciting what you guys are doing for the St. Louis community. For St. Louis. Relevant local talk. Saying what we are thinking. This is News Talk STL. No, no, you guys are awesome. I love you. And it really, it's a tremendous honor to be on the station. News, analysis, and opinion. Thanks for us covering the local and global. People, this is America. We better open our eyes. Really local, really good. News Talk STL at 1019941 and Make plans now to be at Lit Cigar Lounge this month. Lit is hosting numerous events. That includes live music. And there's an easy way to check on what is happening and when. You simply go to Lit Cigar Lounge Facebook. By the way, to go to Lit, you don't have to be a member. Everyone is welcome. Just another reason that Lit won Best Cigar Lounge two years in a row. Lit Cigar Lounge in Chesterfield. Lit Cigar Lounge in Chesterfield. Lit Cigar Lounge on Facebook. Hey St. Louis, my name is Rob Carter. My new primetime show will explore the collaboration between corrupt media and our corrupted political system. From manipulated elections, open borders, mandated medicines, and unconstitutional lockdowns, what is going on? The Rob Carter Show. Let's talk about it on The Rob Carter Show. Join me weeknights from 8 to 10 p.m. on News Talk STL. Rob Carter, live and local, weeknights at 8 on News Talk STL. This is News Talk STL. I'm gonna run away to the gun carry. Make camp where the land is bare. I'm gonna run away to the gun carry. Ain't no one gonna find me there. Ain't no one gonna find me there. Found trouble in the town I come from. Left six months ago or so. I had to run from the man I wronged there. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. My guest, as I promoted for you, Sergeant Betsy Brandner Smith, retired 20 plus years in law enforcement, current spokeswoman for the National Police Association. This is a nonprofit group, by the way, which helps out police and various law enforcement across the nation. And before we wrap up with her, I want you to hear how you can help support them. But first of all, Sergeant Smith, glad to have you with us again. Hey, great to be with you as always. Well, let's begin with, it rips my heart, as I'm sure it did you and many others, when I hear about the story of this 22-year-old young nursing student, an honor student, uh, kidnapped, beat to death, who knows what else, they haven't given us all details, and they're accusing an illegal, that is yet to be decided if it's fact, but everything points to it, but what was your first reaction when you heard it and that an illegal that had been in the country for two years and also arrested in New York City and still turned loose might be the guy? Well, and also arrested in Athens, Georgia uh, for shoplifting near where this occurred. This is, you know, we're talking about the horrific murder of Lakin Riley, you know, just a, a wonderful, wonderful young woman. She didn't return home from her morning run on February 22nd and her roommate called the police. They found her body uh, kind of in a remote area off this running path. 
she had been bashed in the head. There's no other way to say it. Her skull is so badly damaged that that is part of the charges um, in uh, that they charged uh, Jose Abarro with a an illegal immigrant from Venezuela, and uh, he disfigured her skull. He hindered her calling nine one one. So obviously there was some sort of struggle. It's just it's just a horrific uh, case to think about, and she would still be alive, quite frankly, if we did not have sanctuary city policies. The open southern border, loose uh, interpretation of asylum laws, and we could go on and on and on. DHS has said that he should have been deported in September of 23 when he was arrested in Queens for child endangerment. He had a kid on the back of a motor scooter and was driving. He's been caught driving drunk. He also has a brother here who is now in custody in Athens. And uh, the brother has a fake green card. He was arrested, I believe, for drunk driving. They came in through El Paso and were released as part of the catch and release program right. um, because DHS says they don't have enough detention space. And, you know, Lake and Riley just enters that horrible club of angels. And, you know, remember, we heard a lot from angel families in the right. last eight, ten years. But, uh, you know, Molly Tibbetts, Kayla Hamilton, uh, of course, Kate Simon. Way too many. And we don't talk about it as much anymore. And, of course, we're not saying that every illegal alien that comes here is a criminal. Uh, I would say that most are not. But let's not forget that those illegals that are, uh, you know, that are here at the behest of the uh, cartels who make them pay money, they're also victimized by people like Jose Abara, who again has been accused, not convicted of this terrible crime. Those people are victimized too. And, and we talk a lot about compassion. We need to be more compassionate toward the poor migrants who are, are being encouraged to come here. Well, now when you see people, kids in particular starving, yeah, my heart breaks for them. And, and I understand families that want a better life for their family. Uh, th- that I understand, but when you break a federal law to come in, and we have laws in place that Biden could enforce, they were there when Trump was in office. And you also mentioned, by the way, how these migrants, illegals, are also being victimized. My co-producer, Quentin, showed me a story earlier that now some of the illegals coming into the country, they are being robbed by cartels on this side of the border or somewhere along the line. They're They're being robbed and of whatever they do have when they try to come across, in addition we to rape it. and everything else. You're absolutely right. We see it here in the Tucson sector where I live, where you'll see migrants from one country uh, that will prey on, you know, smaller, weaker migrants from another country, and they just walk right up. They you see, We have video of it. They push them down. They steal their backpacks. They take whatever money they might have. We have got to recognize that we are in the middle of, I think you'll remember the Mariel boat lift from the eighties where, you know, where Castro opened up his insane asylums and his prisons and he sent them here. This is that situation on steroids where so many of these countries are sending, they're, they're getting rid of the worst in their societies. And so this is the time 
to stop this because we're going to eventually have to deal with uh, some mass deportation. We cannot sustain this financially. We can't sustain it legally. And, uh, and it's just incredibly frustrating for the law enforcement officers who have to deal with it. And it's horrific when you think about the family of Lake and Riley. And then you have the situation where if they come across the border and they're caught, but then they're released into the country, and then one of them has a baby, that is now an American citizen. So if you're going to be deporting, you got to take in consideration, what do we do with this American citizen? Well, and that's a, a constitutional issue uh, that was really never intended. And, and again, we could deal with that legislatively as a country, and we should be because it's quite provable to show the birth tourism, right. uh, the so, women, you know, coming from so many different countries. China, Russia, China. a lot of them were doing it, yep. yes. <clears throat> we, could, we could, if we had the intestinal fortitude as Americans, which means if we had the intestinal fortitude as voters to uh, bring in political leadership that, uh, that has the, the guts to do this and to restore this country and keep our citizens safe. Most people in this country are not criminals. Most people just want to live their lives, but you are not a sovereign nation if you don't have a border. You are absolutely correct, and we're seeing blue cities and states beginning to realize uh, this was not a good idea. I heard a report, maybe you know more about directly, that even Austin, which had defunded the police, is now adding police, doing the best they can anyway to add to get some more come in. And other cities, the same thing, that the crime is rampant, and a lot of it has to do with the influx of illegals. They, many of them are bringing crime, sometimes only in their community, but often hitting outside their own community and hitting those who thought they were safe up until that point. I mean, and, and you walk in New York City, broad daylight, you wouldn't expect you'd be attacked and smacked in the face, but that happened the other day. Absolutely. You, my native Chicago just took, they just stopped their school resource officer program. It'll take effect in a few months. And they, one of the things that they, the reasons they cited was the incredible migrant problem that they have in the city of Chicago. They're going to take kids, uh, cops away from kids. And so that the cops can go and deal with the migrants that Mayor Brandon Johnson invited into this community and now can no longer deal with. And we see this everywhere, including, like you said, Austin, Texas, who absolutely vilified their police department uh, hand in hand with the prosecutor in Travis County. And now they're begging people to come to Austin PD and they're fielding small academy classes because they can't get enough people to apply. And we see that all over the nation. Well, the latest Gallup poll shows that migration, and this is new from Gallup, that the majority, a record high, a record high in the 40 years they've been taking this, a record high of Americans believe illegal immigration is a critical threat to our vital interest. It absolutely is. And you know what? Gallup also did a poll that said that uh, very recently that said most people's experience with law enforcement is positive. So when we have this border crisis, illegal immigration crisis, and a lack of police officers, our citizens know it's a problem, but they don't feel safe. And people who don't feel safe aren't free. We're all about freedom in this country. We need to go back to making it 
safe for everyone to feel like they can take their kids to school and drive their car and walk to the grocery store without being carjacked, molested, punched in the head, uh, whatever. That's true freedom. We need to get back to it. Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, now retired, 20-plus years in law enforcement, now the spokesman for the National Police Association. Uh, Take a moment to explain uh, exactly what the National Police Association is and how the public can help. You know, you can go to nationalpolice.org and see all the great things we do. We defend not only law enforcement agencies and their offers, but the supporters. And we use litigation and communication and ag- advocacy and activism. But we can't do it without your help. Go to nationalpolice.org, click on that donate button, and help us do all this good work we're doing for law enforcement and for the citizens we're trying to protect. And I'm glad you pointed out it's not just for law enforcement, but for citizens, because so many things like this overlap. Absolutely. This is a, not a union. It's, it's, not, it's not something you can join. It's an organization you support so that cops can go out and do their job. We even buy uh, body armor for canines for smaller departments that can't afford it. I mean, they just do incredible work. That's why I'm so proud to be affiliated with them. Well, I know they're glad to have you as a spokeswoman, and as always, we appreciate having you on board with us. Thanks so much. I love when I'm on your show. It's one of my favorite things. Well, thank you. I'm most honored. We'll do it again. Talk to you soon. You bet. Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, retired now, 20-plus years in law enforcement. She started in law enforcement at the age of 17 as a police dispatcher. That's how much she loved law and order. We need more people like that beginning their lives, careers like that. But unfortunately right now, so many are vilified if they even think they might want to be a police officer. Coming up, Biden saying, I think we might have peace in the Middle East by the end of the week. What is he smoking? Stand by, please. You can connect with Larry on Twitter at Larry Connors USA. I'm always glad to have new sponsors, but I have turned some down. See, I only endorse clients if I believe in them. And I've been a spokesman for John Beal for 10 years. Through those years, listeners said they went with John Beal because they trusted me. And just recently, a woman named Mary wrote, We got a John Beal roof based on your recommendation. Thank you, Mary, and all the others for calling John Beal. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Sometimes you want to do something extra special for someone. Vincent's Jewelers can help you. Maybe you want to do something for yourself. Mark a date, something you accomplished. It doesn't have to be anything really expensive, but it has to mean something now and for the future. Vincent's locally owned just asked for the chance to work with you, as they have with me. On Olive, just east of 270. Every day, new specials at vincentsjewelers.com or Vincent's Facebook. 
The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training, along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. I have a personal story about why I trust McGuire Moving and Storage. A relative needed to escape an unhealthy relationship. Josh, Christine, and the McGuire team were understanding, even comforting. That's why I'm honored to endorse McGuire. Since 1935, McGuire's been moving and caring for families. So, moving a home, office, local, or long distance. McGuireMoving.com. McGuireMoving.com. This is News Talk STL. Drinking dog whiskey, tell the white lies. One leads to another on Saturday night. Don't you cross your heart unless you hope to die. Drinking dog whiskey, This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. All right, so the polls are about to close in Michigan. They've been holding a primary today, and they close at 8 o'clock Central Time. But, of course, a lot of it's already decided. We know that. Uh, Trump, of course, on the Republican primary facing Nikki Haley, and there's not going to be anything that's going to change and affect her to any extent. Now, on the other side, reference Biden, there's no real contender but Here's the issue that they have to consider. Joe Biden going into this primary, and I know he's going to come out the winner and declared as such as many earlier in the day, but on the Democrat side, 117 delegates up for grabs, and yet he is facing not opposition from another candidate, but critics of his handling of the Israeli-Hamas war. And they're urging many Democrats to cast a protest vote for uncommitted. You know, as one way of telling Biden, we don't like what you've been doing, reference Israel, specifically because you're not condemning Israel and calling for genocide. So on the Democrat side, with 117 delegates up for grabs, apparently some will end up showing that they are non-committed. For the Republicans, of course, they have 16 of 55 delegates being awarded tonight. The other 39 will be decided this weekend at a state party convention. Back to Joe Biden and the pressure he's facing regarding Israel. Biden making a statement the other day that he hopes for a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel by next week. I said this week, it's next week stating that, quote, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's on the Monday before the Michigan primary. This is uh, Congressman Ro Khanna of Democrat of California saying, I don't think it's a coincidence on Monday before the Michigan primary and shows that President is listening to his coalition, giving credit to all the activists and progressives saying this war needs to end. Many progressives are speaking out. I think the president has heard the message, and he's telling Jake Sullivan now, let's get it done. Let's have a ceasefire with the release of all hostages. That's Ro Khanna, Democrat of California. 
And if he's picking up on Biden saying, I'm hoping for a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas by the end of next week or before next week, basically, and all he has to do is pick up the phone, tell Jake Sullivan, let's get it done. Why is he doing it before now? Well, he's got the progressives in his face saying, you've got to condemn Israel. You can't just end the war and get the hostages free. You've got to condemn Israel, and you've got to help push for not a two-state solution, but a one-state. That would be Palestine, not Israel. Rokana stated, I appreciate, and again, this is a Democrat from California, a congressman. I appreciate the president saying that it's big news. I don't think it's a coincidence that it comes Monday before the Michigan primary. And he added, I'm encouraged the president made the statement, a permanent ceasefire or a ceasefire or release of all the hostages is one of the arguments I've been making in Michigan and why I would vote for Biden if I were a voter in Michigan because at least he's willing to listen to the Democrat coalition. Well, there are many in the Democrats, especially progressives, and especially Michigan, which has a lot of Muslim votes. They don't think Biden's doing enough anyway, because he is, even though he's still standing with Israel, the daylight between them has gotten wider and wider, as I told you it would, But if Biden is going to try to say that, the response from Hamas is this. We don't see any new proposals that would advance the talks. So right back in your face. We don't see anything you're doing that's going to change things. In the meantime, what we are getting out of Paris, Israeli officials did discuss a proposal in which roughly 40 hostages, which they hope to reach before the holy month of Ramadan begins, and Israel in turn would free Palestinian prisoners, including some serving time that might have been part of the Hamas deal from the beginning. But a speaker for Hamas said, we're not interested in any concessions that do not lead to a complete freedom for our people. That is what you call full stop. I know some don't like the term, but it's a nautical term on a ship generally. But it means there is no proceeding at this point. So Biden expressing cautious optimism that we'll have a ceasefire by next week. At the same time, Hamas is saying, no, don't say anything here that's going to change that. What we do know and what we're seeing from the Al Jazeera, which is the Muslim network in the U.S., saying that Gaza's health ministry says children are dying due to dehydration, escalating famine, and that thousands could die in the days if more aid does not enter Gaza. If you have a heart at all, you have to care about those children caught in the midst of this and the families, that would include not just women, but men who are not part of Hamas, but they've been used as human shields by Hamas. The foreign ministry spokesman says that Qatar is optimistic a deal on a ceasefire 
could be achieved before Ramadan, and that's why Biden was saying he hopes to have one by next Monday. But if Hamas at the same time is saying, we don't see anything here that's going to stop any of the shooting, and Hamas is not going to simply surrender, and if you declare a ceasefire of any type, you do know, you do know Hamas is not going to just sit idly by and drink water, eat good food, play with the children they've been using as human shields. They'll be re-intensifying, re-fortifying, and preparing for more war. That's just the way it is at this point. I want to go back in history. July 1st, 2015. A 32-year-old, a 32-year-old walking with her father along a pier in San Francisco. And suddenly she shot in the back, one bullet in her back, and killed her. The man arrested was an illegal. He was acquitted of murder, but the fact that San Francisco was and continued to claim that we are a sanctuary city, was part of the issue because this guy was an illegal living in San Francisco after being deported five times before that shooting on the pier. Jesse Waters at the time was with the O'Reilly Factor, and he went to the San Francisco City Council. I'd like to address your dangerous sanctuary city policies. I'd like to show you a picture here. This is Kate Steinle. She was murdered by an illegal alien who had been deported five times and over six felony convictions. But for some reason, the city of San Francisco let this guy out. You guys aren't even looking. Look at the picture. You afraid? You guys don't have anything to say? Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. So, he's standing there in front of them holding a picture of Kate Steinle. And they won't even look up from whatever they're reading or they have in front of them. In fact, they look like they're trying to, oh, i got to find something here. Oh, there's a recipe someone gave me. They will not even look at the picture of the young lady that got killed. That's how dispassionate, disinterested, and how it just didn't fit our narrative. So a 32-year-old woman was killed by an illegal. We're, let's move on. Next speaker, please. I got infuriated just watching it over again. And again, that happened in 2015 that she was shot dead. And after that, later, the O'Reilly factor sent Jesse Waters to appear before the city council and discuss their San Francisco sanctuary city policy. Well, what did happen to the guy that was charged? I'm not going to use his name. I refuse to use names of these scum. He says, I found the gun wrapped in cloth beneath a bench where I was sitting. I picked it up, but it went off. So he did not mean to fire it, supposedly. The bullet hit a concrete deck of the pier, and then struck her, who was 90 feet away. 
Either way, she's dead. And either way, if he were not in the country, he wouldn't have been the one picking up the gun. Now, could it have happened anyway? By chance, yes, it could have. But we know it would not involve this guy because he wouldn't be in the country. I point out again to you, he had been deported previously five times. But sanctuary cities and counties and states, hey, if they stop you for a traffic violation, they don't, they don't ask if you're legal or not legal. If you don't have a driver's license, well, we'll figure something out. So after five days of deliberations, once the case came up in 2017, the jury acquitted him of all murder and manslaughter charges, and federal manslaughter and assault charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. He was convicted of being a felon in possession of a firearm. But then that was overturned on appeal on appeal in 2019. And the judge, when he was found guilty of being a felon in possession of a firearm, knowing that he had already been five different times deported, stated, if you return to this country again and you are back in front of me, I will not spare you. Let this be your last warning. Do not return to this country. And with that, the judge sentenced him for the time he'd already served, so he was free to go again. But out of the country. Did he? No one's heard from him since. We don't know. I need to let you in on something. I discussed this the other day, and some folks might be a little confused. And let me preface this by stating to you, I have a lot of friends I've known for years and worked with some of them at some other radio stations in town, big stations, and some smaller. But they're all friends. They all have family, and I care about them. With their company, Odyssey has been in bankruptcy. And to get out of it, they sold to a guy that was offered them pennies on the dollar, but it's helping them get out. Now, you can blame them getting to bankruptcy because of poor management or whatever the bottom line is. They had nothing at the bottom line. So here came a an offer to take all of it and get you out of bankruptcy. And they have in the St. Louis market at least five stations. They have more than 200 across the nation. The stock sunk something like 97% over the past 12 months. And uh, Tuesday, I think it hit 20 cents, Tuesday a week ago. 20 cents, highest level since January. Well, who would come in and buy that and why? taking over $415 million of the first lien debt. And here's where it's going to hurt locally. And I fear it could hurt some people I know. It could certainly hurt free speech. The George Soros Foundation, one of his funds buying it, basically taking over all of these stations, including, and I'll point out for you in particular, in the St. Louis market, KMOX, which for years aired Rush Limbaugh until his death, 
and 97.1 Talk Radio, which, again, I have a lot of friends at these stations. I pray they come through this okay. But I also worry that a George Soros progressive agenda will be take every conservative voice off the air, to censor it, to have them start reading what they're given and nothing more. And, in fact, if Limbaugh were alive and still on that station, KMOX, at this time, he would be the first to be let go because they're not going to present free speech, much less conservative speech. This is why I encourage you to continue listening here to this station, News Talk STL. We're locally owned. We don't have to answer to some corporate giant, and we're not dictated as what we can say or not say. I have not once since I started here more than a year ago, have been told, you shouldn't do that. No one has said one word like that. I speak freely. I try to give you a balance of facts on topics, and then I give my opinion. But I also encourage you, don't just accept my word directly. Check me out. That's why I always give you sources and references. You should never follow someone blindly. But I do worry not only for the families of those working at those stations here and around the nation, but those who have basically been a conservative voice on that station, or at least an independent voice. When you begin to silence and shut that down, and the left wants to accuse us of being book burners and chilling free speech, that's exactly what George Soros would do. Do you really think he would allow anyone to speak their mind about democracy and the need to fight for freedom of speech? Oh, their freedom of speech, that would be okay as to what they tell you to say. My friend, that is not freedom. Remember our pledge, one nation under God. 